All right, boys and girls, it's your Uncle Jimmy still alive. Thank you very much. Residing behind the microphone at the Rock and Roll Garage, it's time for Grease the Motherfucking Wheels, bitches. It's time to grease the wheels. Hey, uh, sorry about last week, man. I wasn't feeling too goddamn good. Thought I came through it like a trooper, a little short. Guess what? This week, it's going to be a little short again because your Uncle Jimmy's on vacation, which means he doesn't feel like doing shit. But you know what? I made a commitment to you boys a long time ago, and you girls, any of you out there that are listening, thank you very much for listening. Hey, uh, you know, I forgot to do it last week, and I wanted to just kind of catch up here. Listen, uh, uh, much appreciation goes out the uh, out through the microphone to you this week uh, for what you do. It's, uh, I can't begin to tell you how important it is. I, uh, I also know how uh, disrespected you are, how poorly you're treated, how poorly you're paid. I know all that shit. So it is with that in mind that I want to say a very, very hearty thank you from myself and the rest of the human race who's not involved with treating you like shit. I want to say thank you. We appreciate what you do. Everything seems to work, and it is definitely, definitely because of you. Now, as per usual, what I did was I found an article online that dealt with uh, what we have to go through. And uh, one of the things that I do when I do this podcast, one of the things that I do is I try to build you guys up. I try to give you information that helps you and lets you know that uh, what is happening to you is very heinous. Uh, The things that people are doing to you, whether they're uh, service managers or service advisors or even customers or shop owners, whatever it may be, what the things that they're doing to you, the, the not paying you, the not providing you with benefits, the not appreciating you, the treating you like shit, putting you down, running you down. Uh, giving you crap all the fucking time. I, I try to to let you know that this is not good anymore. It's no bueno anymore, all right? It, it should not be happening. Uh, anybody out there who's listening to this who is in charge of or manages technicians in any kind of a situation, you need to lighten up on these motherfuckers, okay? You need to lighten up on us because if you don't, we'll just fucking leave. And you know what? It, it has become worse and worse and worse. I've been doing this podcast for four plus years now. And I'll tell you something right now. There are less motherfuckers doing it than when I started. There are less people doing it. There are less, there's less mechanics out there. There's less technicians out there now than there were when I started doing this podcast. There's less of them. And they didn't all leave because I told them they could or should. No, they left because you people fucking treated them like shit and paid them like shit and fucked them over in the grandest fashion possible in some cases, okay? They left because they they did not feel appreciated. They did not feel fairly compensated. They fucking left. And it's your fucking fault. So still fucking wake up and smell the coffee, dick. Figure out how to keep these fucking people. Figure out what you got to do. Because the problem is getting worse. I see it. I'm still, you know, I'm still a working technician. And I see it every day when I go into work. Obviously, I'm not seeing it now because I'm on vacation. But when I work, I see it every day. I see people who come in and they want to do, you know, they want to work. And they want to work hard. And they just don't feel like they're appreciated. They don't feel like they're looked after. They don't feel like they're paid well enough. And as far as management goes, as far as the people who are in charge, nobody seems to give a fuck. And that's basically what this podcast is about. You people need to start giving a fuck. You need to start caring. You need to start figuring out how to pull your fucking head out of your ass. Okay, quit being a bunch of fucking cheap cocksuckers and dickheads. 
because good people are leaving this business because the fucking pay sucks. They're leaving this business because it's tough, difficult, hard, physical work to do. And they're leaving this because the cars are getting more complicated every day. They're not getting the training that they need. You're not providing the training that they need. You're not paying for the training that they need. And they're not getting, they're not getting the knowledge that they need to fix the new stuff. Okay, I know. Believe me, I know. I'm right there with my finger on the fucking pulse. You're making it difficult. You make it difficult for us to do this job, and we're going to give up and just start telling you to go fuck yourself and not do it. What I wanted to do here today is I found an article, and it's a pretty good one. Uh, It's by a gentleman named Bob Cooper, and I'm going to plagiarize the shit out of it shamelessly like I always do. And unlike in the past, I'm not going to do it organically because Eric said, you know, you should try reading these before you do them. And I'm like, oh, okay, I got you. I can do that. I know how to read. What the fuck, right? So I'm going to go ahead. (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and give that a shot this time. I did read this one. It's a short article because I wanted to kind of make a short, uh, a short podcast. I think uh, uh, some of you may enjoy a, a little a little less of your Uncle Jimmy sometimes. I know Uncle Jimmy would enjoy a little less of himself, but he has to live with himself 24-7, 365. And believe me, this is a tough fucking, tough fucking order to fill, okay? All right, so we're going to move forward with this. Uh, what this particular article is called, and I want to say, like I said, it was a, is a, this is pretty good, okay? It's called The Five Most Common Hiring Mistakes for Shops. Okay, that's as simple as it gets. It doesn't doesn't call out dealers, doesn't call out indies, it just calls out shops, okay? Now, really, honestly, this could be any kind of shop, but as this is an automotive technician podcast, it's going to be about automotive auto shops, you know, shops where cars get fixed, okay? Um, but if you're in any other kind of industry, this is going to fit the bill too, okay? Because it's a, it's a pretty, it's, it's somewhat general. All right, there's a little uh, preface to this before we get started here. This is what it says. It says, Top shops realize that in order to build a successful business, they will need to have team players that are self-starters. I could not really agree with that anymore. Top shops realize that. Shit shops should realize that too. And if you're listening and you run a shit shop or a shop that you would like to be or you would like to have be a top shop at some point in time in the future, you need to realize that you need to have team players that are self-starters. Now, I got to be frank with you. I'm sort of a team player. I will help out my uh, my fellow technicians. I've pretty well documented that on this podcast. I'm also kind of a self-starter. I mean, I know what I got to do. I don't need to be told. And I go in and I pretty much get started right away. So uh, there's not a lot of fucking around. Not a lot of, uh, you know, jerking off in the morning before I get started. Typically, by noon, I'll have one, two, three cars done, depending on, you know, what what's wrong with them and what they need to be repaired. And, uh, you know, because, I mean, obviously, we're working on uh, where I'm at. We're working on a lot of different shit, and there's a lot of different fucking problems that come through the door. And it's it's kind of mind-numbing, really. And so uh, you're going to want to have people who are going to help you out and be team players. And you're also going to need to get yourself started. The top shops realize that in order to build a successful business, they will need to have team players that are self-starters who can produce and who will never compromise their ethics. Uh, never compromising their ethics. That's uh, Your Uncle Jimmy's kind of been kicking the shit out of you about this lately. Look, uh, people just need their cars fixed properly. Uh, and they don't need to pay for repairs. They don't need, uh, I think I just want to say that one time, okay? Never compromise their ethics. I know there's a few of you out there that may be listening that don't have any ethics. Uh, try to get some, okay? Uh, there's too much really good work out there uh, that, I mean, and 
there's a, I just can't even begin to relay this to you. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of good work out there. You don't really need to uh, sell stuff that people don't need. Just uh, do the do the good stuff, do the good work, and good things will happen to you, and you'll make good money, and and everything will be good. Okay, there's just no need to rip people off. Okay, so let's stop doing that. If you're doing that uh, consciously or even unconsciously, let's let's get. Uh, Let's get past that, okay? If people are paying you to do something, goddamn it, you got to do it. If you're out there, if you're out there selling work that doesn't need to be done, please, please, this is your uncle Jimmy pleading with you. Please stop doing that, okay? You're ruining all of our reputation, all of us, okay? We need as much help as we can to rebuild it, to get it back to where it should be. It's kind of a big problem, okay? Over the years, I've not only been fortunate enough to hire many of our industry superstars, but I have seen hiring mistakes made every day by shop owners all across the USA. In order to help you with your business, I'd like to share what I believe to be the five most common hiring mistakes that shop owners make. And this, of course, is the gentleman who wrote the article talking, okay? He's hired a lot of technicians and he's seen a lot of mistakes made. He's here to help us with it, okay? Number one, and uh, this is this is really it. This is really is number one, okay? And we're talking about shops here, of course. It says number one, they are afraid to pay top buck. In business, there are a number of rules that are timeless. And one is that you get what you pay for. You damn skippy. You pay a shit wage. You're going to get a shit employee. You pay a good wage. Hopefully you get a good a good employee. You might pay a good wage for a shit employee, okay? But always remember... Uh, that uh, when you hire somebody, you got about 90 days to figure out what they're up to. And in that 90 days, you can just fucking cut them loose. Okay, I think that's pretty universal throughout the United States and maybe even the world. Uh, you hire somebody, yeah, you know, they're going to be on their best behavior for, you know, they're obviously going to be on their best behavior in the interview. Uh, and they're going to be on their best behavior for the first couple, two, three weeks. And then they're going to lapse into habits, maybe good ones, maybe bad ones that they have... Uh, that they have learned in other shops. And you may find the actual real reason they left the, the, their previous employer and it may not be good, or it may be good. There may be a good reason for them to leave their previous employer. If their previous employer was engaged in some uh, dirty tricks and maybe ripping people off and, and doing things that were not uh, copacetic, not above board, you know, not ethical, uh, and they left, well, then you'll probably find that out too. Because I'll tell you, that, honestly, and, and this goes both ways, okay? And I don't want to I don't want to kind of nail you guys to a cross and start killing you over, you know, maybe uh, uh, ripping a customer off or something. It's not just you, okay? I've seen employers do it too. And sometimes they'll rip you off as the technician and the customer. And uh, you kind of have to keep your eyes open for that shit, Okay. Uh, but that's just a little aside here. Uh, what we're talking about here is uh, getting what you pay for. Now, if you are a fully trained and skilled and experienced uh, technician, and you probably have a pretty good idea of what you're worth, okay? And if you talk to somebody out there who's afraid to pay you or is trying to lowball you, you just got to get the fuck out of there. That's as simple as it is. You know, you go in, you roll in and say, Say you got 10 years of experience and you've really got a lot of training. You got all your ASCs. You have your state inspector's license. You're ready to rock and roll. You got, you know, multiple, multiple thousands of dollars worth of tools. You can fix really literally everything that rolls in the fucking door. And they want to give you 20 bucks an hour. Dude, you got to get the fuck out of there. You got to fucking just get up and go, really? 
This is where you want to start? You got to be fucking kidding me. $20 an hour, I can go fucking down to Burger King and get that. Seriously. Okay. And you probably fucking can in a lot of places, because if you go, to, if you ever go to some of these fast food restaurants, you'll find that they have signs on the window saying, Hey, we're paying 15 bucks an hour and they're closed because they don't have enough staff. They haven't figured it out yet either that they're going to have to pay. They're going to, you're going to get what you pay for. And if you don't want to pay, you're going to get nothing. You're going to get nothing. You're going to get Nothing. Now, here's what it goes on to say. The reason that superstars can command top buck is pretty simple. It's because they can produce. Now, if you're one of these people, if you're one of these technicians who's out there just fixing shit right and fucking left all day long, you know, and if you're flat rate, you get 10, 12, 15 hours at the end of the day. Kudos to you, first off, okay, for being able to do the job and do it efficiently enough where you can actually turn more hours than there actually is in an entire fucking day. But also, too, kudos to somebody who can see that you do that you tell people how productive you are and you tell them in in an honest and sincere voice you say listen how much how many hours you turn a week you know i 60 65 really that's not bad yeah no shit that's not bad and i'm only working 40 45 hours a week and i make 65 i'd say that's pretty fucking good now, some of you would scoff at that. I know. Some of you are out there making fucking 75, 80, 90 hours a fucking week. And man, I got to tell you, thumbs up, baby. Really keep up the good work. I mean, it, you know, if you need the money and, and you're working hard to get it, then you're my hero. Really, honestly, you're my hero. But what has to happen here is that and this is what it says here. I'm going to read it again because the reason superstars can command top buck is pretty simple. It's because they can produce. If you're out there turning the fucking hours, you need to get paid the top fucking dollars. That's it. End of sentence. And if you get one of these people who's interviewing saying, oh, well, we never start our technicians out at any more than $15 an hour. You need to fucking imitate this guy and say, wow, you guys don't really hire a lot of fucking technicians, do you? You fucking cocksucker. The fuck out of here. I'm getting the fuck out of here. You know, it's the kind of kind of place where you just you just know that they're fucking killing whoever is working there and that you could come back in a year and they're going to have all different people working there and why anybody would accept that wage except unless they were a total beginner or related to somebody who works there and has to ride to work with them because they don't have a driver's license or some shit then then that's it you know you you just you're not going to have it's not going to be a good place to work. Somebody needs to wake up, pull their head out of their ass and realize that if you can turn the hours and you can make them and you can make the money that they're going to have to pay you money and it's going to have to be good money. The techs and advisors that earn average incomes all have one thing in common. They produce average results. And if you pay them shit wages, they're going to give you shit results. And average employees will never take you to the top. And shit employees will drag you down to the bottom. I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, if you don't mind. Every top shop owner that I have consulted with will agree that once you hire a superstar, you will quickly see that they are one of the best investments you will ever make. And really, literally, that that word investment is important when you're talking about a technician, when you're talking about somebody who works on cars, when you're talking about a top producer, somebody with experience and training and da-da-da-da-da, you know the you know the routine. If you've got the goods, you are an investment. You have invested in tools. And, and training, that means you invested in yourself. And now you need for this guy to invest in you. And if he does, then he's a smart cookie and you need to work for him. It's like I was talking about earlier uh, this month about the uh, the whole $100 an hour 
Uh, you would have to be a really serious superstar to make $100 an hour. But I believe, honestly, that it would solve a tremendous amount of problems for a shop owner or a dealership even if they came out with a wage like that for their top guys. We talked about it before. I'm sure that you've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about it. I don't think it's undoable. I don't think it's undoable at all. If you put that out there and you have guys that earn that, and I really literally mean earn that, maybe you make them salary, maybe they're flat rate still, who knows? But if you put that out there, I mean, that's a that's a seriously respectable wage. And I think a lot of people on the other side of this business, the, the managers and the and the accountants and the shop owners and the you know all the fucking district managers at your fucking auto groups would think that that is totally insane. But if they fucking thought outside of the box for just more than a couple of minutes and figured out what would happen if they did that, they would see the fucking light. Do you see the light? Jesus H tap dancing Christ. Yes, I see the light. Oh my God. People would flock to work there. People would flock to work there. Your The quality of your work would go up. Ah, we talked about it ad infinitum before. I don't need to go into it again. You know what I'm trying to say to you. Don't, don't be afraid to pay top dollar. If you're afraid to pay top buck, you're going to get people who are afraid to work for you. <laughs> Okay, let me just say one more thing about this and then I want to move on. If you earn a respectable wage doing what you do and you're and you're able to afford a lifestyle that you want, you're able to afford the things that you want and maybe need, okay, not just need but want, and you have a very good standard of living, you're more likely to be better at your job. I mean, it's pretty simple. I mean, if you have happiness at home, whether it's with, you know, uh, a wife and kids and a dog and, and hobbies or whatever, and you're able to sustain this doing the job that you're doing with the wage that you're doing it at. That's the point. That's the whole point of having a job. That is the exact reason why you show up every day. That's the exact reason why you do what you do. That's the exact reason why you try and you work as hard as you can and you do everything you can to make your shop successful, to make yourself successful, to make your boss look good. That's why, okay? And if they're not willing to pay you top buck and you can't do the things that you want to do, you can't afford to live the way you want to live, then by all means, get the fuck out. Find somebody who's not afraid to pay that top buck, okay? All right, let me move on. Enough said about that, right? Number two, they are afraid to provide a respectable guarantee. Now, uh, I'm not familiar with a guarantee. Uh, I know that some people get a guarantee when they first show up to a shop. Usually it lasts a roy around 90 days, unless, of course, you're somebody special. <clears throat> no names there, please. Most shop owners are reluctant to give a respectable guarantee because they are afraid the new hire may not produce and they will be stuck paying a big guarantee. Well, now, they don't last too long, okay? And if you're stuck paying a big guarantee, uh, it means you need to invest a little bit more time in your uh, interview process, okay? And as far as I'm concerned, if you have an interview process, and after the first interview you hire people, there's part of your fucking problem right there, okay? You need to, to talk to people, to find out how they are, and then you need to spend some time thinking about how that guy might fit or girl, how that person might fit in and whether or not they're going to. And then if you feel like they are going to, because I think that that feeling would typically come right away, then you're going to have to figure out, well, you know, how badly do I want this person? 
Are they going to be a superstar? Are they going to be somebody who, who does everything we need them to do and they have all the tools and they're ready to rock and roll the way they are? Then yeah, you know, provide a respectable guarantee. They may not need it. I know that the job that I currently have, I was given a 90-day guarantee and I beat it every freaking week. I didn't worry about that at all. You know, I think my second week out, I did, you know, my guarantee was 90 hours and my uh, second set of my second pay period there, I had like 112. So it was not a big deal. Now I've had, <laughs> I've had pay periods that were awful and shitty. Uh, and, and I don't have really an excuse. A lot of times I have a car that, you know, I either can't get parts for and I've got lots of time tied up in it. And I don't really want to dip into that time to provide myself with the, with money on a paycheck. But, uh, you know, I think a lot of people do do that and kind of even it all out, which is great for them. But, uh, a lot of times what I'll do is, uh, I'll have a car that when I get done with it, I'm all of a sudden got, you know, 30, 40 hours. And then I go on and the rest of the week and I, I turn as many hours as I can that whole rest of that week. And I've got like a huge paycheck. So, you know, it works out. I get, I get, uh, I get paid, uh, not afraid to, to provide a respectable guarantee. Now, here are two important points that they don't understand, and this is talking about the business. First of all, if they believe they are providing the potential employee with a great opportunity, then providing a respectable guarantee shows the candidate that they have confidence in their business and in the position they are looking to fill. In other words, a guarantee is is just like, hey, you know, uh, you're new it's going to, it might take you some time to fit in. It might take you some time to get settled in and get into the groove of turning a lot of hours, fixing a lot of cars. It might take some time here. We're going to pad that for you. And like I said, I didn't need it. Some guys have needed it. Some guys have lived on it for a long time, uh, which wasn't cool, but hey, it happens. And then uh, secondly, most shop owners are so concerned about how much the guarantee could cost them. They completely forget that if an employee doesn't produce there's a simple solution. You fucking cut them loose. Uh, you're not going to want to pay. Uh, a, I mean, in most cases I know of, guarantees 90 days. Is it going to kill you to get to pay somebody a guarantee for 90 days? I don't think so. And in 90 days, I feel like a technician should have his shit together by then. Didn't take me too long. I knew what I was up to. I knew what I was had. I knew what I had to do. And I had some people who helped me out a little bit. Or a lot of it in certain cases. So I got I got going. This is, my, of course, my last go around with with having a new job. One of the other things that goes along with this too is we we have new guys who come in all the time, and uh, in fact, that's all we're ever going to have is new guys, new guys, and a, a few guys who've been there a little while, and then more new guys because we have really, uh, where I'm working, we have quite the revolving door of technicians. We have, uh, I think we have 18 or 19 right now. And over the course of the last four years, we've had 35 who aren't there anymore. So uh, you can draw whatever conclusions you want from that. There's uh, numerous reasons why people are not in our shop. Uh, mostly it seems to be uh, money is a concern. Uh, sometimes there's just a myriad of different reasons. Some of them, other personnel in the shop are difficult to work with. Uh, the work's tough. The work's not tough. There's not enough work. Usually that's not a problem. There's a lot of different things that go on uh, with why people aren't in the shop. There's not really one set reason. I think the most common one is definitely the wages. 
Uh, other than that, there's uh, all over the board as far as why they're not there anymore, okay? Uh, as far as providing a guarantee for these guys, uh, I think that all of them did have one at one time or another. I don't remember that being any kind of a, a concern at all, either in the beginning or the end. Providing a guarantee, it can uh, send a message. Uh, providing a small guarantee will send the message that you're a cheap cocksucker. Sending a big one, uh, setting a big guarantee uh, says that, you know what? I'm not worried about you making money. So really, you know, if you have to, if you have to, or you're going to provide a guarantee, you might want to make it somewhat generous. Okay. And it also sets a benchmark. It really does. Because if you have a guarantee that says, oh, you know, we're going to guarantee you 90 hours for a two week pay period, 45 hours a week, this can actually be an accidental way of setting a goal for your employees. Okay. Because when the guarantee ends, in order to get the same amount of money they're going to have to turn 45 hours. Uh, it's not that difficult, I don't think. Uh, I've had trouble doing it at times, but uh, most of the time I can get there no problem. I think most of you can, as long as the work is there. Provide a respectable guarantee. Yes, that would definitely be a very good idea. And if you're, you know, and if, if, if it feels like you're sponging off a guarantee and you're not doing the job, they can certainly come down and say, well, after 90 days, we've decided we don't fucking need you and you don't have to pay them any more benefits and can't get unemployment. Say la vie, you know, que sera, sera, whatever you want to say. Uh, nothing gained, nothing lost. Number three, they use the wrong criteria when making their employment selections. Uh, I'm not sure what he's trying to say here. I did read it, but I uh, it didn't make sense just now when I read it. Most shop owners hire technicians and advisors based on their level of knowledge and industry experience. Although those are both important consideration, what's more important is attitude of the applicant. That's right. Okay, now we've had, uh, and and I want to just kind of throw this in there. We've had a great many service advisors where I'm working now, uh, and some of them have uh, tremendous amounts of experience, but not really good experience. And what they know is seems like it's almost all wrong. And they kind of have a, what I always say is there's like anarchy up front. Uh, everybody does the job exactly the way they did it at their last place. And none of it meshes together very well at all. And as a matter of fact, it causes huge fucking problems because they all have different ways of doing everything. And none of it is right, it seems like. And you know what? The same is actually true in our shop. Okay, most of us have been technicians for a long time, or at least for a few years, and we're all doing our job the way we think it should be done, or the way it was done at our last place. None of us, there's no fucking consistency whatsoever. And so we have this kind of problem where what somebody knows is actually not good. It's not good. Now, what they go on to say here is that the attitude of the applicant, their aptitude and their ethics, okay, that's what's important, right? Because if they have a good attitude, then when you go up to them and you say, oh, you know, we need you to do this like this instead of the way you're doing it. If they fight you because the way they've been doing it has actually worked, but it doesn't work very well, that's where you run into the problem of having a shit attitude. And that's not just with the technicians. It's not just with the advisors, with everybody. You know, you get somebody who doesn't know what the fuck they're doing and somebody comes along and tells them what they should do and they're wrong, then you've got that problem too, okay? And that happens that happens all the time. We don't have anybody, and I'll be quite frank with you, where I'm working, we don't really have a whole lot of people who are on the same page. Everybody is just doing it the way they think it should be done and nobody is guiding them. There's no guidance whatsoever. And now we're uh, we're in the process of hiring 
apprentices. And uh, none of us are going to get any kind of compensation for training an apprentice. So that's going to happen about as half-assed and as lackadaisical as you can imagine. You know, they're just going to be there and we're going to tell them to go do stuff. And when they do it wrong, we're just going to be like, eh, you know, what the fuck? I'm not being paid to, to train this guy. So if he does it wrong, it's not my fault. And if it was my fault, fine. Take back the money you're paying me to train him. Oh, wait, you're not. Okay, then don't worry about it. <laughs> That's one of the problems that we have. Okay. Uh, and uh, here's here's what this goes on to say. A wise man once told me we hire people for what they know and we fire them for who they are. Uh, what should happen is, is that they should hire them for who they are and then uh, uh, not fire them at all, actually. That would be good. Listen, you want to you wanna hire people who know how to do the job, but you want to make sure they know how to do it right, and you want to make sure that this is a person that you can, you can talk to, that you can, that you can get through to and change how they do something if they're not doing it the way you need it done. Okay, the attitude. And and people, I've heard this all the time. I mean, this has been going on 40 plus years now. You could give me somebody who doesn't know shit, but if they got a good attitude, I can work with them. That's it. That's as simple as it is. If they've got a good attitude, I can work with them. Yeah, they need a modicum of skill. They need a modicum of aptitude and they need to be good people. But if they've got a good attitude, I'll work on the rest of it. I'll get them, I'll get them where you want them to be. Okay, as long as their attitude's good. And oh, by the way, you compensate me for helping them out because it does slow me down and it's gonna cost me money to help them. Okay, we're running into that now. We're running into that now where people are not getting compensated for helping the new people. And so they resent the new people and they resent the people that aren't paying them too, okay? When that happens, that's when you lose them. Their attitude turns to shit because you're abusing them and they you think that they don't know that you're abusing them, but they do know. Number four, here, this one is, I talked about this one many times and, and it's funny because I, I believe that this is way more important than a, a, a hiring manager or a service manager who's hiring people or somebody who's doing the HR stuff. I think it's way more important than even they think. Uh, number four is they don't look beyond the candidate. Now, here's what this is talking about. The shop owners who employ the superstars all realize that when they hire Larry, they get Mary. What this means is that if the candidate has a significant other in their life, you can rest assured that they will also play a role in the candidate's decision. What this means is, it's like, look, this has got to be a good fit for everybody at home too, you know? And and Larry could, you know, Larry's wife is Mary and Mary's got to be, you know, she's got to be on board with it. If the benefits suck or if it's too far of a commute, she's going to say, I don't know, I think you got to look for something closer. And you know what? If Larry's a good technician and he's 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 got the skills and and he's got the uh he's got the ability to be a superstar, then you know what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to get the wife on board too and you're going to have to knock their socks off with benefits and pay and everything. Because Larry can go anywhere. If Larry is a good a good technician, Larry can work anywhere. And I sh- I'm shit you not. If you got technicians who do a really good job for you, they can fucking go somewhere else and do a really good job for somebody else. You have to do what you can to keep them there. And then when they're talking to you about coming to work for you, you are going to have to knock their socks off about coming to work for you. Always remember that, you know, there's especially in, in today's uh, circumstances with the fact that there's just fucking nobody out there. There are just no technicians out there that somebody could go out conceivably on a Monday, drop off a hundred applications with resumes and cover letters and get 99 fucking jobs by Friday. You're going to have to knock their socks off, which means you're going to have to knock the wife's socks off too. 
and the kids and everything, your your job, your your employment opportunity is going to have to be the juiciest apple on that tree for them. This is why they encourage. This is why this guy's company encourages all of their clients to ensure that their compensation and incentive package has what we refer to as go home benefits. Okay, examples would be retirement programs, paid holidays, vacation, PTO, paid time off, all that. Seriously. The benefit package has to be extraordinary because a lot of people have, really, a lot of companies pretty much have what I would call identical, really identical uh, benefit packages. Uh, and in order to uh, to really put yourself out there and at the head of the table and to be a winner in the game, your your benefits are going to have to knock people's socks off. Benefits at my place where I'm working now, they're, they're second to none. Healthcare is completely and 100% paid for. I don't have to pay anything. If I had kids, whole other story becomes expensive. Of course, uh, kids cost money. That's why I don't have any. <laughs> I'm a cheap brick. Well, you have to have sex to have kids too, and I haven't had any of that either. So oh, I laugh like it's funny. It is not. All right. <laughs> I'm going to move on here. Look, uh, it really, the benefits have to be exemplary. Not going to go work somewhere, and they're going to tell you that, you know, half to three quarters of your paycheck is going to have to go to paying your health care benefits. It's like... Yeah, okay, thanks, but no thanks. Number five, it's a very short list here. Number five, this is the last one. They forget that the superstars will be interviewing them, okay? Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's kind of a big deal, you know? I mean, in today's occupational environment, where technicians are so goddamn highly sought after, if your shop doesn't jump out at them as a great place to work, if there isn't something about it that is just spectacular, fucking forget it. Okay, if your shop is a shithole and everybody in there seems to be angry and nothing seems to be getting done and the advisors are jerks and when you walk through there's just shit everywhere and it's just crappy and the and the attitude and the uh the, the you know the ambiance of the place sucks and there's just it's just it's just a shit show. Believe me when I tell you this, technicians can see that in an instant, especially if we spent more than a couple of years working in another shop that was a shit show, we can look at your shop and go, same shit, different place. You know, why would I, why would I jump from the frying pan and into the fire? Why would I go from one shithole to another shithole? You have to run a good place. Your place has to be clean. Your place has to have technicians who are treated well, okay? Your parts department has to do their job. Everybody has to clean up. If you have a cleaning crew, they have to make sure they clean the fucking place. You know, they can't be making a great big huge pile of shit over by the door that they never want to take out, you know? They can't be grease on the floor. The advisors have to be the kind of people that when you talk to them, they're not nasty to you. They're not going to they're not going to give you shit. You know, you're interviewing, you were interviewing the shop. You're all, it's almost like a customer coming in and saying, why should I bring my car here? Eh, you know, and then everybody treats them like shit, ignores them and, and, and makes them feel like they're not wanted. Well, what are they going to do? They're going to fucking leave and go somewhere else. Well, as a technician, you might do exactly the same fucking thing. Cause I'm telling you that, and, and I, you know, here we go with the rhetoric every week. I have to, I have to give you guys this stuff, but it is just. It is getting monumental. I just, I've run out of adjectives to describe it. The difference, the chasm, the absolute massive span between how many technicians are out there and how many jobs there are for them. I'm, I'm still reading up on this some more. Uh, some of the, some of the uh, numbers have been adjusted somewhat. Uh, people are saying now that there's eight hundred thousand vacancies that we'll have in this particular industry 
by 2025, which is just a couple of years down the road. And more and more and more technicians are leaving this field because it sucks, because no one treats them right, because nobody pays them what they're worth. Nobody knows how hard the job really is. And then when they find out, it's like, yeah, fuck that. I don't want to go home every day and be a cripple. You know, I don't want to go home and be broke. You know, I don't want to go home and not have benefits, you know, so that, you know, if my kid gets sick or my wife gets sick or I get sick, we can't go to the fucking doctor. They're going to have to step up. And that's what this particular uh, article was all about, was that that these people, they want technicians, they want to be able to hire technicians who are going to be superstars. And it is going to be harder and harder and harder to hire that type of a technician because nobody out there is really paying what a superstar should earn. Nobody out there is willing to pay what a superstar should earn. This is why when I tell you, you know, and I mean, it, like I've said before, it sounds ridiculous, but it's really not. People out there, you know, if you could make $100 an hour, you would turn yourself into a superstar technician in a hurry to keep that, to get that, to earn that, and to keep earning that. You would turn yourself into a superstar. Now, nobody's going to do that. Nobody is going to do that, but they fucking should. They should. They should. And I'm going to, you know, I kind of, I didn't really want to make that whole $100 an hour thing a theme that runs through this podcast. But you know what? Now that I think about it, that's actually a pretty good fucking idea. Let's make it a theme. Roll into a shop sometime. You know, throw some resumes out there, throw a few applications out there, go and talk to these people and tell them you want $100 an hour. And then when they fucking scoff at it, because that's what they're going to do, you just say, you know what? You think about it. What would what problems would be solved if you actually paid a couple, two, three of your superstar technicians $100 an hour and then you fucking leave? And you're going to turn around, you're going to see these people looking at you as you leave and they're going to be like, wow, holy fuck, really? He's not wrong. That would solve a lot of fucking problems, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. Yes, it would. We talked about them, okay? I said I didn't want to talk about it anymore, and then I lied and went and did it anyway. Sorry. (laughs) Look, you are in the driver's seat, okay? And that's one of the things that I've been trying to get through to you here on Grease the Wheels is that you as a technician with the skills and the experience, the training and the tools and the ability to do the fucking job, you are in the driver's seat always, always remember that. You roll into some fucking place and they want to pay you less than you're making now, Tell them to go to hell. Tell them, fuck you. You go roll into a place and they don't want to give you the benefits you feel like you need, you know, because you got a wife, you got kids, and, they're gonna, you know, they're going to tell you, oh, you got to pay half. And if you have kids and all that shit, it's going to cost you a big buku dinero. You just tell them thanks, but no thanks. Go fuck yourself, okay? You know, roll into a place and a place is a shithole and there's crap everywhere and they have shitty customers and they have shitty cars that they work on. Tell them thanks, but no thanks. Tell them thanks, but no thanks, okay? You, my friends out there with the skills and the training and the tools, you are in the driver's seat. It is up to you to decide where you want to work. Make a good choice, okay? Make a good choice. And you know what? Because I think that one of these days, one of these days, okay, and I was hoping that it would have happened by now, but it hasn't really. I was hoping that one of these days, these people who are in charge of shit like this in these shops, whether they're owners 
or whether they're managers or whether they're, you know, auto group owners or auto group district managers or HR people, whoever comes up with, with how much needs to be paid and what the benefits need to be like and how technicians need to be treated and, and how much they need to be appreciated and how to go about any of that shit until those people all wake up and smell the coffee and realize that they're in charge of making sure there's people in the shop and they need to do the things that they need to do to get you to work there and to keep you working there. And if they're not going to do it, and so far they have not been willing to do it, then fucking grease the fucking wheels, boys and girls. That's all there is to it. Four plus years of telling you this, and uh, I know you guys get it. I know that you guys get it. I talk to you all the time out there. You're sending me messages and comments and stuff. I know the wages are not there. The wages are not there. And uh, pretty soon the technicians are not going to be there. They, they, they're hurting. They're hurting real, real bad. They're not willing to bandage their wounds with money. And they're going to have to. That's what's going to have to happen, okay? All right. Vacation version of the uh, podcast here at Grease the Wheels is going to be a short one. I warned you. And that's it. Okay, it's over. Uh, I did want to say a couple of things before I go. Again, I appreciate what you do. Make sure you're getting paid. Get paid. Don't take a job that pays less than the one you're doing now. You should never have to do that, okay? You are in the driver's seat. Take all the tips that your Uncle Jimmy has tried to give you and go out there and get a better job. Get more money. Get a better job. Get get a better wage. Live a better life. Be a better person. Have fun. Do what you want to do. Make sure everybody at home is healthy. Uncle Jimmy's signing off. See ya.